0: I wanted I wanted to have you on because um I um I, I think I found you on YouTube because I often will search for different what the kind of test footage or shorts that people are doing using K3s and 16 millimeter mm. film. I think that's where I I think that's where I found you. And it looks like if I'm correct, you may have gotten yours from Max, the who seems to have a growing community of filmmakers buying cameras from him. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's exactly correct.
0: Yeah, I, I got my Super 8 camera from him. Uh, I didn't end up getting my K3 from him because I was able to find a, a cheaper um, place uh, on eBay. But did you get... Um, did you get like uh like what was the setup for your k3 is it like super 16 or ultra or what lens mount
1: yeah well i've actually had quite i've had a few i've had every single type of k3 you could possibly have um and that's because i ordered one originally from max um and obviously you know everything was happening in russia at the time
0: Mm -hmm. uh, when
1: it got sent through so it took a long time to come through and I got an Ultra 16 one, but there was kind of some problems with it. So I had to send it back to Russia through like a bunch of other countries because obviously you can't send stuff to Russia. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then yeah. I got one come back, Super 16. And then I had regular 16. Um, but my current setup and the one that I've been shooting on, you know, for the longest time um, is just a regular 16 mil. It's got the Meteor. I don't know what the lens is called. It's like a 16 to 66 or something, mm-hmm. um, which is like a 35 mil to like 110 equivalent. I don't know precisely, but yeah. yeah, just the stock standard lens that comes with the K3.
0: I have that too. I have the stock lens. I actually, what I just recently did was I, because what was it? I bought, um. so the camera I bought, had the standard 16 millimeter the four by three ratio um aspect ratio and then i was able to find later on ebay um the modified gate and then i was also able to separately find a modified centering ring so i was able to i was able to do the conversion myself um that being said, I haven't actually tested it out yet. I have like half a roll of film <laughs> in there right now. I started testing it out and then um it's a bit finicky because like there's a, there's a lot of parts in there and you have to you actually have to remove quite a bit to um mm. fully do the conversion. So I'm I still have to find out if I did it correctly, but I'm very excited about it because um Yeah, I'll just hopefully get a little bit more of that printing space on the film. Um, But so you have the standard. So have you are you a big fan of the four by three ratio or do you because I see you do like you do. I saw your website and stuff. So I see you do you Mm. work with other cameras, too. Like, do you play around with aspect ratio much?
1: Yeah, I do. And I've only really recently started to do that. I didn't originally like the four by three. Um, but I kind of just had to because that was the only K3 that was available once I got mine replaced. Um, I've grown to really like it. I think that a lot of people kind of assume that something has to be 16 by 9 um, Mm -hmm. for it to look like, you know, proper or professional. But there's actually like a lot of beauty in in the smaller crops. Um, I really like 4 by 3. I actually just shot a wedding the other day entirely on, you know, in 4 by 3. Yeah, I just think it's a... It's a really cool, cool way to view your image with like a little bit of a different perspective to what you might be used to seeing.
0: I think, yeah, absolutely. It, um, I think one thing I've noticed because I've started playing around with aspect ratios. That's like it was kind of a leading question, uh. But I also find that it's really good for social media because. You know, you get a little bit more verticals. Like if you just post a sixteen by nine on Instagram or something, like it doesn't fill much of the up of the screen. And like, I don't necessarily like having to turn my phone to the side, but having that like more boxy image is is actually, I think it's really nice there. And then also on YouTube, YouTube now automatically adapts like for whatever aspect ratio you have so it'll like modify the screen it's like if you're viewing on a desktop or something so i think there's quite a few ways yeah that can be used and um by any chance did you see the whale i did
1: yeah i watched it recently it was it was awesome
0: yeah and they they i assume that was four by three looked like it but um
1: i don't know if they shot um i think that yeah i don't know i wonder if they shot 16 by 9 and then cropped it or i'm not sure what format it was done on but yeah um if it was film or digital bit yeah i i think
0: i looked it up afterward. well let me just look it up real quick
1: uh i i think they
0: shot it on digital so yeah they would have just intentionally cropped it um but i thought it in spite of the fact that it's like not you know it was more of like an editing choice than anything else i still really liked it because i thought it did add a bit to the film and like you know you you feel the yeah you you feel boxed in because this guy is like trapped Mm. in his house essentially Mm. um so i liked it i um i'm looking up their imdb real quick because they usually have it in the tech specs here
1: um while you while you do that i'm yeah. just gonna quickly open the door for someone because i've got someone oh yeah yeah. <laughs> seems to be a, a trend today one second yeah we're back we're back in action
0: okay we're back i paused it and then restarted it so no problem no time lost um yeah awesome. they, they 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 filmed it on sony venice cameras um oh okay but i saw actually i think i saw on your website or your um youtube that you use uh you you have a you use sony as well
1: right yeah yeah i've been shooting sony for quite a while it's um in the sort of cinematographer space it's kind of hated on a bit because it's got kind of yucky colors sometimes but i think it's a it's a great system um i shoot on a sony a7s3 uh for like my personal stuff if it's you know just like an odd job that i have to do but if it's you know bigger work i'll opt for a bigger camera but yeah it's a It's a really great camera system.
0: Yeah, it seemed to me that when I was looking through, I got a Sony a6400 and it seems like though everyone, like the most go to camera, at least on YouTube is the, is what you have the a7s3. It just seems like that is the kind of quintessential, like indie camera right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And it seemed to me that when I was researching it, especially because people, excuse me, love to compare Sony and Canon, it seemed like you could kind of get the same stuff like once you go through post and all that. But it seems Sony has really good low light. Have you found that to be the case?
1: Yeah, for sure. Sony Sony has great low light capabilities. I mean, the A7S3, you can shoot at 12,800 ISO with virtually no noise. Um which is, you know, amazing. It's amazing if you're like a run and gun sort of person. Um mm-hmm. But I think the whole comparison thing is just like a little bit ridiculous that people do that. I mean, I certainly did that for a while like nitpicking at the specs and, you know, trying to find what is the best system. Mm-hmm. Um you know, they're all professional-grade cameras or, you know, all at least prosumer-grade cameras. And you're going to get a good result um, as long as you expose well, you know, you have a good story. And the little minor details like, oh, there's green highlights and Sony can be fixed, you yeah. know, in, in post very, very easily. Um, but yeah, it's certainly a popular system. And I think for good reason, because it's so easy to use. It's easy to rig up. Um, it's nice and compact and it, you get a beautiful image.
0: Oh, yeah. Well I I got mine because I figured I wasn't sure what I wanted to do but I knew that whatever I bought first I wanted lenses that I could you know keep and so the, you know the A6400 it's like you can I think I bought it used for like 800 bucks and then I can you know use the E mount lenses on like if I got ended up getting your camera I could do that or um like I have a buddy who has a A9 um and then, you know, you could go up to the FX series or whatever. Uh, but you said you said that, you know, you have the a7S three as your personal camera, but then sometimes you might do stuff depending on the job. So, like, what other what other cameras would you normally go to if like if the budget allowed it? What would your ideal camera be?
1: my ideal camera would be something on, you know, shooting on film, but obviously that's Mm. not always practical. So I have shot a lot on black magic cameras. Um, that seems to be like kind of industry standard for smaller jobs. Um, you know, smaller budget, uh, people Mm. tend to like that. Um, I do quite a bit of first ACing. So if I were to, to DP like a something that had a massive budget, I would use the cameras that I assist on, which is like the Ari Alexa, Mm. um, the mini LF like those are all amazing but obviously you need quite a big budget to to do that so yeah when i'm using other cameras it's usually just like a black magic or something like that do
0: you feel like um i mean just like the natural progression of technology do you feel like the the they're all becoming more and more similar like like the difference between brands like they're all kind of like you know like uh i would assume there would be more differences between sony and canon and airy like if you go back 10 20 years i would assume the cameras were mm. much more different than they are now because sometimes i see this the comparisons with some of these and it's just like it's like because like a little bit of diminishing returns but i but you've mm. used these cameras so do you feel like there's a huge difference between between them
1: not really to be honest and i Like I said, I think, you know, looking for those small details can just drive you a bit crazy. Mm. Uh, After all, I think the most important thing for your image quality is your lens, your Mm -hmm. lens choice. And this is why, you know, so many uh, movies are shot using vintage lenses. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't need the newest tech to make a beautiful image. And stuff is becoming more similar. I mean, these companies are so, so big. They have so much money. Like they can afford to make high quality products um they're almost becoming too good and and yeah too much alike it'd be better to just you know strip things back and and focus on what really matters when making an image which is your exposure and story and composition yeah um yeah i i just find i i find that whole like gear gearhead sort of way of thinking like it can be quite limiting and it takes you away from what's yeah what's important um Yeah. I I honestly don't notice a difference. You know, a good image is a good image no matter what it's on. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, and that, that's actually part of what like caught my eye. um, When I saw, I think, let me see here. I actually had it pulled up here. Yeah. I think that the first video I saw of yours was this like most recent um, summertime excursion with, you know, the K3 on Mm. 250D. (laughs) And Oh, you could probably hear it playing in the background. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I guess the thing I was just most impressed by was just like the quality of the image. And just uh, I'm curious, do you attribute that mostly to the exposure or is there some color grading going on? Oh, wait, no, this is all coming back to me. I'd already started to ask you about this, I think, in the comments (laughs) where it was like, why didn't you use black and white, blah, 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 like. Uh, you clearly make a great image here and i'm just kind of curious what's your approach when you're doing something like this even when it's a 29 second clip
1: yeah well it's a are you more so wondering like what my thought process is when when making it or yeah i mean just getting such a quality image um i mean
0: uh, like for example uh you know uh when it comes to exposure and all that i i pretty pretty new and basic when it comes to that because i just i used to have a Mm. i used to use a light meter now i just use you know an app on my phone and you Mm. know do my best to get get the numbers right and then um still learning like just started pushing and pulling for the first time and like Mm. starting to play around with color grading um i guess i guess a better question would be like what um i don't know like oh how did you get involved with all of that? Um, was it just like trial and error or did you have a certain process to learn to do it well?
1: I think I made a lot of really shitty images <laughs> in order to make good ones. And and that's, you know, with with anything in life, you, you do make a lot of crap and then it gets better. Yep. But, you know, I guess the things that I always make sure that I do when I'm shooting on film and I guess shooting digitally too, but especially on film is i take care to light meter and i do just use an app on my phone but usually i'm metering for skin tones and and making sure uh the image overall is about 1.5 stops overexposed because film tends to look better overexposed because the more information on the negative the more you have to play with in post whereas Mm. on a digital camera if you you know blow out your highlights they're gone and they're so hard to recover um but because of the physical properties of film, you know, typically more light means more information. Um, and this is why like images are super, super grainy when they're underexposed. Um, yeah. And then I guess I'm always thinking about my camera movements. Like with that one, I do kind of like a zoom and I, I rehearse that before I actually shot it. Um, but yeah, I don't, it, it's, it sounds like silly to say, but I honestly think like I just made like cool images there because of the medium that I was shooting on. And not just because of the way it looks, but because of where it puts your mind, you know, you're thinking yeah. a lot more about the shot. You're thinking like, is this worth shooting? Because with each, you know, few seconds you're shooting, you're burning quite a bit of money. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, so you have to focus. And I honestly think that is a huge part of like why the image comes out better. And I, I often find that with my still photography work too, like my best stuff is on film because it slows you down
0: yeah yeah i've i've been using um still photography to be like a more accessible way to test like i don't know composition and all that like mm-hmm. just trying to focus on the the still images um because you know the 16 millimeter camera is heavy to carry around all the time and like you can it's expensive <laughs> and like you know to mm. be constantly developing film um I mean, do you do you find that there's a lot of transferable skills when it comes to, like, how you approach still versus uh, working with film, like uh, uh, motion?
1: Yeah, yeah, there definitely is. Uh, I mean, it's, it's the same technology at the end of the day. Uh, you know, you're working with celluloid, and I think it sort of demands a bit of respect, um, you know, because if you mess it up, it will look really shit but if you get it right it'll look awesome um and i i honestly think because i i started in stills photography and and that's actually my primary um profession and i used film for almost everything Mm. and i definitely feel that like that experience using film and especially working with a darkroom just gave me like a lot of respect for the process of making an image and i think that transferred awesomely to 16 mil I've met quite a few you know, cinematographers who have shot digital their whole life and then they mm-hmm. try 16 millimeter and they mess it up because they're so used to kind of just like relying on posts to fix stuff. Mm. Um, yeah, so for sure, I think there's definitely a huge transfer of skills and it's more of a mindset thing. Like your approach to creating an image is just different because the technology demands you to be more present.
0: Right. Well, um, have you, you've mentioned, you just mentioned, using a you know uh using a dark room and and all that um Mm. have you do you ever develop your own 16 millimeter film
1: no i haven't i i I wish i could i like i know that you can put in those big tubs but Mm -hmm. i've never tried um i think i just don't trust myself to to be honest (laughs) have you done it
0: no but i feel exactly the same way um i've been really intrigued though um You have you heard of uh, Mark Jenkins? Uh, He's a director who um, he made a movie in 2019 called bait. And he just has a movie coming out right now called um, I think it's called Ennis Men. They're both they're both um, he calls them Cornish films because they're based on the people, uh, the 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 I guess people of Cornwall, England. Um, Anyways. He he works um he works uh with 60 millimeter film. He shoots on a Bolex. So he does like he which of course is loud, so then he does all the dialogue as ADR. Um, but the point I'm getting to is I've seen in interviews that he does all his own developing. And uh he, I in a behind the scenes thing, he was talking about how every filmmaker who does their own developing can also have their own recipe because there's things like coffee and other acidic things that you can use as part of the chemical process. Um, but I, so that's like probably a whole other rabbit hole, but it's just something very interesting for, uh, you may uh, be interested to look into it because it just seems like there's a whole other rabbit hole, um, that you can go down uh in terms of like having your own look beyond like beyond what the camera records, you know? Um uh i I'm also fast like I've also been thinking about him lately because he um you can't find his films online, unfortunately. Um but oh, I, that sucks. Yeah, it really sucks. Uh because I found out about it, I found out about bait and I was just like and I think it was because the promo for this other one that's coming up. Um, but he, he's at least doing some sort of tour right now. So like, um, this coming Friday, I'm going to go, uh, he's doing like, a I cause I live in New York and he's doing a Q and a, um, for both of his films. They're showing them at a bunch of theaters here in New York. Um, and then I think he's making his way across the U S so I don't know. He might make his way down to New Zealand you know so just be on the lookout be on the lookout
1: because yeah that would be amazing yeah
0: and i you know it sucks too because i mean it will be really fun to see it live in a theater uh but when i first was looking for him i I couldn't even find a dvd of his film so um i'm curious to see if they live up to the hype um he won a bafta award for like I don't know, best new filmmaker or something, something like that. They have, they have like some special award over there and that's, he won that for bait. Hmm. So um, anyways, that's just a side note. So (laughs) that's cool. Someone who's doing cool stuff with film and um, uh, yeah, I am. I'm I'm curious though. Have you been able to do much work on film beyond um, like the, the clips that you have on your YouTube channel?
1: Yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean, I, I do quite a lot of like onset assisting and then first day seeing, um, my mm-hmm. first day seed in a few productions. Um, just recently I did a short film that was in Turkish, which was pretty cool. Um, yeah. Really? I, I mean, more so in the commercial world is where I'm doing my like mm-hmm. filmmaking. I'm doing this with air quotes right now. Um, yeah, that's sort of more so where I find myself and I, I really want to do more creative stuff, you know, work with directors, um, I'm slowly doing that. I actually just shot a short film. I just don't know how I forgot this. I shot a short film on the K3 um, that should oh, be nice. coming out pretty soon. Yeah. It was, it was a really fun experience. Um, it was kind of like a short film slash music video mm. tribute to this like song. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I would like to do more of it.
0: That'll be interesting to see. Um especially so
1: i was there any audio other than the pre-recorded song no no there wasn't yeah that's just because the i'm sure you know using the k3 it's so so loud so like there's no way you could do it which is um which is a shame but i think you know that limitation is pretty cool to work with like thinking well okay now i don't i'm stripping away like a whole element of of filmmaking and now i have to really dial in my image which I think that can teach you something. Um, but yeah, it would be nice to have audio.
0: But also I'd be curious because like I know, you know, with these cameras, the frame rates can be pretty inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, ge- I guess you could fudge, you can move that around in uh, <laughs> on the computer if, if if there's really an issue. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, you probably could. It would just be like, like I honestly think if you're doing audio, it, it makes sense to use a reliable camera. Um,
0: mm-hmm
1: just because it can be like it can be off-putting i think when stuff isn't synced up but i I have noticed that with the k3 like as you shoot through the roll and as the spring kind of loses tension yeah the frame rate looks a bit funny um yeah
0: um have you worked with any other um film cameras like 16 millimeter cameras or 35 millimeter
1: yeah well i've I've briefly shot on a bolex um which was really cool it's just such a it's a way more aesthetically pleasing camera i think than the k3 like the k3 is a beast but when you look at a bolex you're just seeing such beautiful craftsmanship um but other than that no i haven't i really want to shoot on an uh resr3 this year um which is like you know it has a crystal sync motor which means that the frame rate is going to be accurate the whole way through um yeah that's like my dream sort of camera to shoot on but 35 mil absolutely not i mean getting 16 mil in new zealand is is a tough enough challenge as it is oh really (laughs) 35 is yeah it's definitely on the on the radar but probably not while i'm working here
0: where how do you normally get your film then do you where do you have it shipped from
1: i have to order it from australia and then Mm. You know, they have to order it, obviously, from Rochester, New York, like at whatever factory they have there. But mm. um, and then I have to send it back to Australia for processing. And it goes between uh. two cities over there. Yeah. Otherwise, I just send it to Los Angeles. Um, but Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite a mission. I mean, they there's just no one who does it here. There's one guy in, in a different city who develops it himself. And he uses like this big tub, but he doesn't, you know, he doesn't do it for other people. It's just for himself. So, um yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a mission, but people are doing it like I'm noticing more and more cinematographers in New Zealand are starting to shoot on film. So maybe hopefully yeah. there'll be some space for it for, you know, people to actually develop it here and, and scan it here.
0: Yeah, it seems like it, it it could just be the algorithm of the Internet sites I go to, but I see mm. so much more film stuff. And like, especially Super 8, it just seems like not even filmmakers, but some people will just pick up a cheap Super 8 camera just so that they can Mm. like record stuff in a different way instead of using their phone. And Mm -hmm. I hope that's the case. I mean, I hope that's the case that it's getting more prevalent. Um, Mm. Because it's, it's pretty fun. I mean, like I actually just shot a bunch of stuff on Super 8. Um, and yeah, even that is just such a different aesthetic. And, um, do you, do you, do you, um, when you're doing your jobs, like, are people ever asking for film specifically, or is it something you have to recommend if it, you know, if you think Mm -hmm. it's right for it?
1: It's, it's both it's both like sometimes i I find that when i'm you know getting booked for stills jobs i am quite often asked for film or they'll be like can you put a filter on it or something right like that they just don't they just don't get it but um yeah if it's a like a motion job i would have to push so hard for it to be on film um yeah and i i think that's just because it it is just so expensive um But I, I really wish it was the case that, like, more people ask for it because people love the look, you know. When oh, yeah. I post something that's on film, you know, I get a lot of people messaging me like, oh, this is so cool. So it definitely speaks to something in the average person. Like, it has a, a quality to it that people like. So I'm surprised that people aren't pushing for it. But I think it is just, like, a logistics thing. Um, but, yeah. you know, you, you're in New York. I'm sure, like, there must be over there more people shooting on film regularly because you've got the labs and, and the film's probably a bit more accessible. So, um,
0: yeah, I, yeah. I feel pretty lucky here. Cause, um, yeah, I don't, it's, there's plenty of options here for me. Um, mm. I mean like, um, there's a huge camera store here in New York called B and H photo and video and, oh um, yeah. Nice. Oh yeah. And so, I mean, i was in that part of town like two days ago so i just walked in and mm. bought like i was like okay i'll buy a cartridge of super eight and i need another an extra roll of 16 millimeter like i was able to just walk in, in and buy and get it yeah and uh <laughs> they don't always have everything um because mm. it is it is in demand but like You know, if you're looking at the, there's like five different film stocks, they usually have three of the five, you know, they might not, Mm. you you know, you might, they might be out of 50 D or, or ectochrome or something, but like, you can usually buy what you need. And, um, and then there is a place here that I, for developing that I use where I just Mm -hmm. drop it off in person. And then like a week later, I go and get my zip drive. It's all, it's all on there. Um. So,
1: that's 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 sick. <laughs> that's yeah, awesome. I feel
0: I feel lucky. But I would love to try at some point. I would love to try developing on my own. I just don't know that I have the room for it in my apartment cuz I have a stereotypically mm. small New York apartment. Um <laughs> love those. What's that?
1: I said I love those. those yeah, are, yeah. Know, they got character.
0: Yeah. Um uh, but I I actually don't even know if I could make a proper like dark room area um just Mm. with the way (laughs) it's a weird apartment but um (laughs) but i'd love to try it sometime but yeah that that is one of the benefits over here and um i i think also i've noticed for myself as someone who is like relatively new to some of this stuff um with the film specifically like celluloid I do get people who reach out to me who, cause I know a lot of artists cause I come from the performing art space. So I a oh, variety cool. of people who reach out to me are like, Oh, Hey, I wanted to do a music video. And like, it might be really cool to do it with one of your film cameras or um, yeah, a variety of people um, in different artistic spaces. So I do have people asking for it. And then usually what happens is I hmm. tell them like, okay, well, this is how much, like, even if I do it for free, this is the cost it'll be. And then, that whittles Mm. down the demand a little bit (laughs) unfortunately because you know it's uh yeah i mean for me for me here in new york um it's i would assume it's probably still cheaper than for you if you're doing all that shipping but like Mm. for me a roll um a cartridge of super eight i i buy it for 40 bucks plus tax and then to develop it i think is like 70 or something so after tax, I'm probably paying like 120 a roll or a cartridge for three minutes, okay. um, which isn't terrible, uh, but it's still mm. not, you know, that's why people will be like, can we just put a filter on it? You know, <laughs> just...
1: <laughs> uh, and that's like the worst thing you can hear too, because it's like, it's not the same at all. Yeah. Um, No, but people can tell i think like the average person can still tell that it's not like the same because there are physical properties in film that like give it that grit and give it that that texture
0: oh yeah well it's kind of like um yeah and i'm starting to learn what some of those things are especially you already mentioned it but the amount of information you get with film that you can use in post Mm -hmm. is just like drastically different um it's really interesting to see and then um what was the other thing I was thinking about with, um, Oh, you know, I kind of think of it like, um, how, you know, if you, have you played around at all with, uh, the new cinematic mode for iPhone or have you seen? I haven't.
1: My iPhone is, is like really old, but I, I have seen it and it is pretty cool.
0: Yeah. So the cinematic, here's what I think about it. The cinematic mode you know, basically, it basically identifies what your subject is and then blurs the rest. Um, mm. and it does a pretty good job of it. But it's not quite as organic as if you have, you know, an actual lens that has like a shallow depth of field because there's mm. like there's more of like a gradual difference between the subject. and it's not it's not as simple as just like, in focus and blurry like there's just like a little bit more of a gradient to it i feel and i feel like that's mm-hmm. the same with film and digital where digital can create some amazing shots but when it tries to replicate film it's still like it, you know if you were to just look at it if you're just a glance at it like you might not tell the difference but there's that certain level of detail that it just still doesn't replicate and yeah yeah
1: yeah, well, I think that the uh, it is just something physical about it. I mean, you can replicate grain and color and, mm-hmm. I don't know, like the way tones change, but there is just something there. And I think it will, I don't think you can replicate it. Like it's, I mean, at least fully, you can't get that texture um, yeah. that's there. I and mean, then also the old lenses really like, you know, they really make the image that much more beautiful and that much more hard to recreate on newer cameras like the way that the light interacts with the sensor passing through an old lens is different to the way it will interact with film so totally yeah I, it, it's it's a tough one to recreate
0: what um so lenses is something i've been playing around with and i'm curious about what you found um because i one thing i did for fun that i haven't taken full advantage of is i have an old um, canon a1 program like old an old 35 millimeter still photo camera and i got an adapter so i can use those old lenses on my sony um my digital camera and it it does make a interesting difference um so i've been able to play a little bit around with vintage lenses but just in terms of like filmmaking in general and what you've seen with your Uh, work Um, like what what kind of lenses or brands or what what is it that you look for or recommend other people look for when they're they're exploring the world of lenses
1: yeah I think you should look for I mean what I guess what I look for is is color rendition and different lenses kind of read colors differently Mm -hmm. I personally really like the Olympus om Suico lenses it's what i use on my 35 millimeter stills camera and i was just finding that like the way that my images were looking on 35 mil was so beautiful that like i just had to use it i Mm. didn't even really do much research (laughs) to be honest (laughs) but i think um yeah maybe just also looking at like the way that the the bokeh looks is pretty important Mm. um you know some old russian lenses kind of have like a swirly bokeh and that can really create a different feel the olympus lenses are a bit better made so they have a really soft blur in the background if you're shooting really shallow um but yeah i guess the main thing i would recommend would be for people to look at how color is red because in my opinion that's one of the most important parts of an image is the color
0: hmm. yeah um i'm just and i've um i have your website up here i'm also looking at some of your still photos it's like the yeah the color you definitely have some good colors going on (laughs) um so you're doing you're mostly you said you're mostly doing still photography or that's what you're mostly using film for
1: well yes still that's my job i'm Mm -hmm. like a stills photographer um so that's mostly what i'm doing yeah but i guess in the past like year or two years i've kind of been doing more cinematography um i've always done like corporate videography Mm -hmm. but i kind of distinguish those two in my my brain i think that they're different things um yeah, more recently kind of delving into the world of, of being a cinematographer.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, it's quite a world. It's pretty fun. Um, are Do you plan on uh, <laughs> making more film videos or uh, uh, whatever for your YouTube channel?
1: Oh, absolutely. Like, that's something that I love so much. And I, I was so reluctant to do it for the longest time to share my work on YouTube. Yeah. Um, but it's proven to be really good to like, you know, just meet people. Um, you know, last year I, I had someone comment on my, uh, on my YouTube, just some really like supportive stuff. And, and, you know, I've been kind of friends with him since he's over in, in New Jersey. Um, oh, cool. and it's kind of cool. You can just make those connections with people. YouTube is, um, I don't know. It's, it's a very different platform to Instagram. I think people interact with your content for a lot longer than they might on Instagram if I were to post a video on Instagram someone might watch like five seconds of it whereas yeah. when you're on YouTube you're actually gonna like kind of well you're gonna properly watch the video I guess Um, yeah so I definitely plan to I mean I've got quite a few rolls of 16 mil that I'm gonna shoot um, I'm gonna take it traveling with me this year and and keep shooting and
0: nice. I've got some
1: fashion stuff that I want to share that I've shot on 16 mil I just can't share it yet because uh, the clothing hasn't like released yet but yeah hmm. there's definitely stuff I'm I'm excited to post.
0: Yeah. uh, I've been really surprised because I kind of reluctantly started posting some film stuff on YouTube. And like, Mm. I think the other thing that's different about film on YouTube in particular is because it's so it takes so much time, effort and money to make it that. Like you know when i even before i started using these cameras i used to look all over youtube to study like okay what you know what are the cameras people are using for super 8 and then 16 millimeter and then what are the film stocks and like you just want to see examples because it's so expensive mm. like your ultimate like kind of what you're saying before like all you you do kind of have to learn just by like making shitty stuff at the beginning but like you want to learn as much as you can through others. And so I posted some stuff um, where it's not like there's, it's just random clips of like, okay, this is my first role of uh super eight film. And this is just what it looks like. Um, and I just shared it because that's what other people are doing. I was like, ah, people could just use this as an example. And like, um, yeah, it's crazy. Like people, the, the film people, really get into it and um Mm. it just is such a cool way to connect with people um even if the stuff being put out isn't like super serious you know
1: um yeah well it doesn't have to be i mean yeah one of the best things about people posting is that it keeps the the industry alive it keeps people being interested in film the amount of people i meet you know, uh, typically it's older people and like older photographers. They don't even know that film is still around. Like, mm-hmm. does that camera still work? They have no idea. So, yeah. the more that we post things and and share things and show people that you know film is still being shot on, the more people are going to buy it, and the more people are going to, you know, want to see stuff that's made on it. Especially when they see how beautiful it is.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. I agree. It's it's also one thing that is really fun about it is sharing it with people um who just don't even think about it like so for example most of my friends uh, like they don't know anything about film cameras at all and so like um so a couple weeks ago i was in scotland with a a buddy of mine And I brought my super eight camera to record some stuff. And like, I let him use it. I was like, here, you know, shoot some stuff as well. And like, I do that all the time with friends. Like if, if I'm shooting something in central park, I always like to let other people like, you know, shoot like five to 10 seconds just so they can like Mm. feel it. And, um, people, people really enjoy it. Like it brings people a lot of joy and then they love to, Mm. you know, and then seeing it afterwards, it it's really interesting because it seems to always trigger something in people where, you know, uh, it, it could easily be the sort of thing where people could see an image shot on film and say like, Oh, that could just be a filter. But Mm. um, so far, all the stuff I show people where it's like, Oh, here's the footage I got back. Almost like almost everyone is sort of like, Whoa, that looks so different. That's so cool. Like, Mm it definitely affects people. Um, and, um, yeah, I, I think it's, that's a good way to go. Um, you know, one thing I was just thinking of that just to share with you that you might want to look into. So one thing I did, uh, with a friend, two friends, um, like a year ago, uh, we did a super eight, uh, a short film on super eight for this film festival called straight eight. Have you ever heard of it?
1: no i haven't is it one in
0: new york so straight eight is a festival it's actually in london um it but oh, it's cool. it's it's like you know everything's international now so people from all over the world submit but um yeah if you if you can get your hands on a, um, a super eight camera like the whole idea is that you you like set up an account like you enter the film festival ahead of time and then um you and your team, your buddies, whatever, you have to make a short film on one cartridge of Super 8 and you're not allowed to edit it. So you have to you have to just like plan everything out, shoot it chronologically, and then send your undeveloped cartridge to the festival. And then the second step is you have to have it planned out really well because then you have to separately create a soundtrack and send that in as well. And then oh my gosh. they develop it, sync it. Um, well, they don't sync it really. They just line it up as you sent it, and if it works, it works. Uh, but then they pick they pick the entries based on that. And if you get in, then you you see it for the first time with everyone else. Um, That's so, awesome. Yeah. So I, I so my friends and I we we submitted. We did not get in. Um, and I think it's because I've mainly because the, the, the sync of the soundtrack, I messed that up, uh, cause it was obviously very d- difficult. Um, but I, hi- I highly recommend it. Like if you're, if you're a film lover, um, and you have other people around you who would, who would be interested in something like that, it was a really fun project. And I recommend it to any, anyone who likes shooting with film.
1: Oh, I'm I'm absolutely going to do that. Is has it already happened this year?
0: Um, it. I think they just wrapped up stuff because it's it's a pretty long process. So you might mm-hmm. let's see. I'm trying to pull it up real quickly. You what you probably should do is just go to their website. <laughs> this is turning into an ad. Uh, go to straight8.net. <laughs> and, so you go to straight8.net yeah. and they'll have all the info. And it's, it's also not that cheap because you're basically paying for them to develop it as well as a festival entry. But, um, yeah, 2023, I think it's over because the festival takes place towards the end of the year. So, okay. Yeah. Let me, and there's also different prices. So it looks like the super early bird is a hundred pounds and then it goes all the way up to like 200, um,
1: it's not but, so bad though. I guess if you wanna, you know, if you pitch him with some some of your buddies, it's all good. Oh yeah,
0: no, it w- we had a blast. I had a lot of fun with it, and um uh I would consider doing it again. It's just um, you know, it's it's almost like cause we 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 found we heard back and then like by the time you actually get your footage back and see it they're already on to the, like the deadlines for the following year. So, um,
1: Oh my gosh. Wow. Yes.
0: Yeah, so it's like, they, they kind of have this annual cycle. So, um, yeah, I think, yeah, it says it's all closed for this year, but you should keep an eye out for it because, you know, like six months from now, they're going to start, you know, opening it up for the early bird entries and all that.
1: Um, Dope. yeah, I'm, I'm definitely gonna do that. I mean, I'm, I'm just, um, I'm just planning on buying a Super 8. So that'll be, you know, it's all the more motivation to actually pull the trigger and buy like a cool Super 8.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Do you know which kind you're going to get or want Uh, to get? I'm
1: looking at, yeah, I'm looking at the 104 XL, which is kind of like the more, I guess that was the more professional one back in the day. Yep. If Super 8 was ever really professional. But um, yeah, no, it looks like a cool one. I kind of almost want to go like full old school and get the spring wound cameras. Cause they're just like, so satisfying to use, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I kind of super. I don't really want to think too much about I just want to kind of blast it. Yeah. That
0: I think that's a smart move. I, I got, um, what do I have? It's a, it's like a cores one X, b c2 i don't even know uh it's it, a, a it's russian one? yeah it's basically oh. the smaller version of the k3 uh if you look okay. at it that's exactly what it looks like um and i i that's what i got from uh max and um it's like no frills like no like nothing crazy about it but it is hand wound which is nice so i don't have to worry about like you know oh. batteries or whatever uh mm. but that being said um if if i wanted to like if i was to buy another super 8 camera i would probably aim for the one that you're talking about it's just a you know it's a toss-up of cost because now they're so popular that now the the prices are going up like the one i got basically i got <laughs> i think it was before max probably had quite as much demand as he does because it looks like uh he has a lot more followers um, but at the time it was sort of like he was looking to give away a camera for free it was like if you pay i don't know if this thing works uh but if you'll pay the shipping i'll ship it to you and so i took the chance and it works um it's just
1: not <laughs> that's awesome
0: yeah so i felt very lucky because i i don't see him posting that any that sort of thing anymore um so i got it for 60 bucks but um it yeah there's there's been a bit of a learning curve and it's also a little tough because like the it's such an old camera even the inst- like you know you can find translations for the stuff but for the instructions and all mm. that but it's it's probably a little bit um more user friendly um and you're probably going to be able to get a higher quality image out of the canons like you're talking about um so I think that's a smart move, even if you're going to end up paying a bit more. Cause if you're a film lover too, you're probably going to, it's such a small camera. You're probably going to be able to hang on to it forever. you know? So you might as well just yeah, get something that's better.
1: Electronics work. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Cool. Well, Hey man, thanks for doing this. Um,
1: no worries. not my pleasure.
0: It was fun to just talk shop a bit and like, uh, learn from you about, uh, some of this stuff. And, uh, I um definitely am going to uh keep following your YouTube channel and I hope you post more film stuff because that it's it looks great. And um for anyone listening, I'm going to like I'll I'll post a link in the description of this so other people can see <laughs> summertime, whatever it's called, summertime on the
1: beach or <laughs> summertime excursion. Yeah, summertime excursion. That's the one. <laughs> a brilliant
0: 29 <laughs> second short
1: oh thank you
0: (laughs) all right man well i'll uh yeah i'll be on the lookout and um thanks again i'll talk to you later
1: sweet all right see you bro bye